To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Yes, welcome to the Peonated Benchwarmers, episode 15. Your Peonated Benchwarmers are back in here. Carlos, Ramon, and Rob. What you guys think about that intro song, man? Man, your boy Alan Nice, man. That was, that was a nice, you know, intro song, man. I really appreciate that, man, the shout-out. And, man, he rhymed. I don't know how in the world he rhymed the Peonated Benchwarmers with something, but... That's what I see. <laughs> Yeah, 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 bro. I think it really captured us, bro. It really captured what we're doing. So, appreciate yeah. Shout out to Alan, man. Yeah, shout out to Alan Lance. For all your listeners out there, make sure you check out his latest project, his Flowers. Excellent classic album. I'm not just saying that because I know him. Uh, shout out to Alan again. That's my brother. Appreciate you for doing that for us. So, going forward, hopefully, our listeners enjoy that new intro song. So, bye bye to the old intro song. It's so hard to say goodbye. We appreciate the producer that produced that for us, though, too. But uh, let's get into some sports, man. How y'all fellas doing, man? How y'all doing? It's been a couple weeks. What's up? What's yeah, up? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Good. Just it's the same usual, bro. Just watching every single game, all the sports, bro. Just same old, same old, you know? Do you feel like your... I feel like my life has been, like, in engrossing a lot of football lately. Like, I've been literally, like, Every day watching football, feel like, yeah, I mean, or researching something. Yeah, football. That's what it's gonna be like during this time. Yeah. When you got NFL, college football, pretty much a game on at all times, or a replay of a game or something like that. So yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, Sunday feel like week one. We missed the coverage of week one, but week one, like that Saturday leading up to that Sunday, it really did feel like a holiday. It felt like Christmas Eve that Saturday night, bro. It really did. Like, I went to bed all early, you know what I'm saying? Went to bed with my laptop in, my, in the bed doing my last-minute research, you know? <laughs> Just seeing what was going to happen, you know? I can't say I, I agree did. with that, man. I was the same, same. I had the same excitement, you know, that game. The, the week one, before week one, I was, you know, I went to a college game, a UTSA's game, and I couldn't wait, man. I just had something that was going to occupy my Saturday my full Saturday, and I was like, okay, you know, when it's over, I know I'm getting football tomorrow morning, so Sundays, all Sundays now, I just spend my time all literally, all day, you know, you know, my, my lady, she knows already that Sunday, <laughs> don't mess with me, you know what I'm saying, like, that's my day, from the night game, from the morning game, the evening games, I'm there, sitting there all day, watching game, I don't do much moving on Sundays. You <laughs> on that Sunday ticket, bro? Hey, man, I'll be plugging Sunday ticket on him, man. Hey, look, man, I'm like Chuck. I'm like uh, uh, Charles Barkley when he say, uh, on Sundays, don't you call me. Don't call me. I don't care if I like you. Don't call me. What did he say? I got me some Tito's. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like on Sunday, man, I'm watching football all day long. Like, I literally sit in front of the TV from noon up until like nine or eight o'clock until that yeah, Sunday night game. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like it, it's just like an event, man. Like I don't think you know. I have conversations with different people, and they just don't. Some who not into fantasy or not into football at all. They, they really don't really grasp that concept. They don't understand what it is to be, you know. Yeah. You know, because then I gotta worry about my Saints, and it's been a rough two weeks for me as a Saints fan. And it's just like after that, like. 
I have to worry and have anxiety about my teams and how my players are performing. Yeah. It's the worst feeling ever. Bro, fantasy too will change like your whole Sunday. It, it will. Bro. How much it you will. Looking at the games, like it honestly, will. most Sundays I'm watching all the games and looking at everything. Yeah. But when you having that rough fantasy week, oh. sometimes you just want to unplug completely and just. I know, bro. Especially when your team then lost, you already pissed yeah. off at your team. Like, <laughs> like, and then most of my Saints games are, are we play noon games, so pretty much after the Saints game, that pretty much tells you what type of mood I'm gonna be in for the rest of the day. <laughs> so if the Saints <laughs> lost, I'm pretty much pissed off already from noon for the rest of the day, and then I gotta worry about my fantasy team. Then let my fantasy team be be uh, performing <laughs> piss poor. That's the worst. <laughs> Oh, he's oh, a Rams fan. Really Speak really on it. I'm off with my team or my fantasy team. I'm 2 0 in fantasy, and I'm 2 0. My, my, my real team's the Los Angeles Rams. So these Sundays have been great for me. Yeah, I'm 2 0 in one league. I'm, you know, like I'm laying on Tiffany. <laughs> yeah. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm 2 0 in one league, 1 1 in another league, in my home league, and I'm 1 1 in another league. But, uh,. Yeah, it, it was actually really crazy for me. Like, week one, my team was ridiculous. Like, the highest scoring team by a lot. And then week two, just everything fell apart. It was just definitely was a crazy week for me. So, really, this week, honestly, I stopped watching football games and all that, bro. I put my phone to the side. It was just too frustrating, bro. Ramon, I have one question for you. So, with your team, you know, you your team is really based off a lot of Cardinals players. Does that really concern you, how the Cardinals are doing so far and how they're not really moving the ball right now? Um, Yeah, it is concerning. Um, with my team right now, currently, I mean, I have two Cardinals in the starting lineup. Um, actually going to bench Fitz this week, uh, but I'm still going to trust in. And David Johnson, I mean, that offense looks like it's, it's headed for a, kind of a struggle fest all season. I don't understand what they're doing even with David Johnson. They're not getting him out into space. They're pretty much just using him to run in between the tackles. And that's not using what David Johnson is best at, not getting him to the edge or any of that type of stuff. And so, I don't know. It concerns me some, but I'm still mostly out of the ones that I have going to rely on David Johnson. And I think that he'll turn the corner even if the whole offense doesn't turn the corner. So, we so we about to have a fantasy. We want to talk about fantasy right now because it seemed like the conversation shifted I mean, to fantasy. You we know, might we here now, so we might as well go ahead and, and and start off with fantasy. So let's talk to the people that's zero and two right now. Don't press the panic button nope. yet. I, you know I've had a few people come up to me personally and uh, you know contact me and say I'm I'm zero and two. Should I make this trade? Uh, I'm zero and two. Should I bust up the whole team? It's too early to really tell. I mean, I think that at that, maybe that fourth game mark, you know what your team is and you know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, For savvy, you know, players who like us who are vets, we probably kind of know after a couple weeks. But rule of thumb, don't panic. Like, you just 0-2, calm down. We know that David Johnson is off to a slow start. We know that A.B., he hasn't had bad, he hasn't had bad weeks uh, so far in PPR across the board, but he hasn't been the AB that no. we're used to seeing, you know, 25, 30 point AB a week, you know, but it, it's just the second week. Yeah. Calm down. Is Juju the new wide receiver one? No. Yeah. Like, just calm down. Yeah. You know, take a deep breath, you know, and manage your team. Watch that waiver wire. You know, Greg Olson got hurt. Um, that's a big injury. Um, we, Jarvis Landry's hurt right now, you know. So I mean, you, you know, just watch that waiver line, manage your team. Yeah. So I mean, the savvy for the savvy, the savvy fantasy owners will take full advantage of the ones that panic at or two. Yeah, for definitely. The, for the for the top players that you know struggle through the first two weeks, you know, they'll take advantage of those because again, some of these first round picks, you know, and remind if you want to remind the people where you took David Johnson at. You know, first overall, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out there. In a keeper's league. In a keeper league. So, don't, don't, don't make them think that I took them over, over Ty Gurley and over Le'Veon, yeah. Yeah, so you got them. But what I'm saying is, you know, like you said, Rob, you know, don't panic. But the savvy owners will take advantage of those people that are panic. You know, pull up, put in trying to get people for the low. Or 
are trying to get these people to shake up their teams that's 0-2, which, you know, they just stand packed. Maybe they ran into the top two teams the first, you know, sometimes the look at the draw. You may have a high-scoring team, but you just so happen to, you know, meet up and play that week with another team that actually went off too. So sometimes you have a good team, but your first couple weeks you just ran into a hot team or a player that went off. You know, so sometimes that ain't has nothing to do with your team's fan pack. By week four or five, if you're still struggling, then okay, you know, so it's 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 a it's it's a pattern at that point. Like you need to make some changes at that point. Yeah, like, by week know, four, please. If yeah. you're week four and yeah. you're still struggling, make yeah. a move. Yeah. I've been that fantasy yeah. player like three years ago. Then I'd be like, well, maybe I'll get out of this slump. Yeah. No, but if you're in a competitive league, then it's pretty much over by week four. If you don't have a, if you're right. one and three or, you oh, know, four. oh and four, then it's pretty much over for you. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, by week four, I would say, even in a weak league, in a non-competitive league, uh, I would say week four, that's when you start to kind of make moves. And, and don't make irrational moves, you yeah. know. Like, my favorite thing to do is, like, a couple of years ago, speaking from experience, is to flip Grunk. Grunk is a tight end, and, he, you know, to me, he's a commodity because he's a tight end. You know, depending on what round you drafted him at, you drafted him pretty early. So, I don't know. If third I'm, round. Third round. So, you know, I think that year I was able to get Grunk in, like, the fourth or fifth round. So, you. You sure that, was, that was about two, three years ago. It was, like, three years ago. I don't know. Grunk has ever been a fourth or fifth round. Yeah, it, it was late. It was late. It wasn't third round because I don't I wouldn't take a tight end there early, but anyway I got Gronk and I was able to turn Gronk into uh, a Le'Veon. You remember that year? Mm-hmm. I was able to flip him and get Le'Veon, and I was able to get Alshon. Alshon was hurt that year, so I mean you could get great things, but you know if you have own Gronk and you're and you're struggling, like it's no reason for you to have Gronk putting up thirty points at tight end and the rest of your team is struggling. Trade Gronk and flip him for a wide receiver two or, or RB1 or, you know, even a flex, a decent flex player, you know. So, you know, look for those pinpoint though, that play on your team, that strong play on your team. Don't be afraid to trade them. Don't yeah. be afraid to trade them. Yeah, and the thing about it, like we said, just once again, we can't say it enough. Do not panic. I've been on both sides of it before. I've been on the side where an owner had a top player, for instance, couple years ago somebody had Odell Odell started off slow I think it was about the first two or three weeks wasn't was really that me? Up. no it wasn't you I didn't get it from you one year yeah, you I got did. it from you one year too that was right before he went off but he was struggling the first three weeks of the season I looked at that I saw that that owner was like 0-3 at the time I said what am I gonna do I'm gonna pray on that I know that they looking to try to make a move want to strengthen their team they gonna give up on Odell they did. I got Odell, and I ended up in the championship game that uh, year. And then I've been on the other side where started off slow, had Russell Wilson as my quarterback. One thing about Russell Wilson, pretty much every season he's going to start off slow for you, and then once he gets into about week four or week five, he kicks into another gear that's just crazy. And so at that point, I didn't understand that. Gave up on Russell Wilson. Right before he started going off, putting up 30 points a game and stuff like that. And that kind of derailed my season. And so, do not panic. I'm not panicking right now. I'm not giving up David Johnson right now. So, if you're sending me a request thinking that you're going to throw a running back two and a little bench player and you're going to get DJ from me, it's not happening. Do not panic. Do not panic. I got a deal for you for David Johnson. Oh, let me hear We'll it. talk off air. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you got anything to add to that, Lowe's? No, I, I agree with everything you said. Like I said, I, he's been on both sides. I've been on both sides. And, you know, it's, 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 it's fun, though. It's fun. And you get to see who's the true players. You, you get to see this is what makes a great a fantasy on at this point. You know, you start really second-guessing your decisions. You start looking at your players. Is it are they that good? You know, you start questioning yourself. Yeah. Like I said, don't don't panic. You know what I'm saying? Like you just sit, stand pack. You know, it all smoothed out. Defense is starting to figure out certain. You know, week one, you know, you kind of get the fluke players here and there. You know, people defense don't really catch up till later in the season. That's the thing about defense. Offenses always have the advantages in the beginning of the season. Later on in the season, when you got more film to go off and the defenses can prepare more, then you start, you know, everything starts smoothing out for teams. So that's why it's important not to panic. Yeah. Yeah, Nah, just one quick nugget. 
One player I would say you might want to push the panic button on is going against what we were just saying, but Shady McCoy. Yeah. I think you might want to push the panic button Let's on Let's talk it. about it. Let's talk about it. So, <clears throat> I bought a couple shares of Shady McCoy this year. Uh, when you look at it, Shady McCoy had a good year last yeah, year. really good. Despite a poor offense. But, I mean, I think I... I think I might have miscalculated, along with the rest of the United States of America, <laughs> miscalculated Tyrod Taylor's impact. Yes, yes. You know, with the defense no longer having to account for a mobile quarterback, yeah. then they were able to focus in on LaShawn McCoy. And, I mean, so far, he, now he has cracked yeah. ribs to yeah. add insult to injury. So, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm, I'm, I'm going to advise you. I mean, if, you, if you're if you in a league and you have Shady McCoy <laughs> and you're able to come up off of him – Sell, 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 sell. And, I mean, I guess, you know, whoever's listening to yeah. this is going to be like, I'm not buying shit, right, you see right. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I, if you're able to, yeah. if somebody's able to be, if somebody has their head in the sand <laughs> and they're not paying attention to what's going right. on, I would say right. sell Shady, man. They, I mean, first of all, he's in the worst offense ever. Right. I think that they have, like, Nothing there that you would want to own on offense. No, I mean you want to say Kelvin Benjamin, but the offense is just too bad. I think that the only way you'd benefit off the Buffalo Bills is to look at their schedule and see what defense they're playing and pick up the defense that they're playing against. Right, I agree with you, man. I, I just I think you know type of packages. You know, sometimes the name value will sell you. You know, what I'm saying the people won't necessarily like the player or know exactly, but they like ooh. Sean McCoy, you know, you know, sometimes your name value can carry you in a trade. So names that I would try to flip right now for McCoy is uh, Quincy Anuma. You know, people, you know, I don't know how high people are on him, but I'm very yeah, high. I am very high on Quincy. Yes, he's leading the Jets in targets right now. He's somewhere over ten targets per game with them. And, yeah, you know, he's he not. He may be on teams right now, but you know, that's a, a good trade you can pull out, and you know, maybe a good flex player. Right now, and um, he, he he's just he's a monster when he's healthy. Yeah. Last year he went out with a neck injury, but now he's healthy, so that's good to push and, forward. And what, what you got to look at to add on to that before you get to any others is that a, a rookie quarterback is throwing to him. So mm-hmm. you got to look at that rookie is going to take whoever he feels is dependable. Yeah. And so when you look at a rookie quarterback, he's locked in on Quincy and Newman. Yeah. Not. So. Sam Donald, that's his guy, so he that target share is not really going to go down. I really don't see that target share dropping much at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with both of you guys, and, you know, that's kind of how, you know, if you're listening to us and been listening to our fantasy coverage, we're trying to train you and groom you into a savvy fantasy player. And that's one of the things you really, really, really want to evaluate in your preseason or throughout the year is who is this quarterback's favorite target? When things go rough, who are they going to? With Cam Newton, it was Greg Olson. Yeah. You know, with Tom Brady, it's Gronkowski. With Aaron Rodgers, a year ago, it was it was Jordy Nelson. And now it's Devontae Adams. Yeah. You want to pay attention to it. With Sam Donald and Quincy Anuan, they have some type of bromance. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, I mean... I mean, every play he's looking Quincy yeah. and new eyes like, way. Quincy well, open and then he look and see if anybody else. And that's the same thing with Lowe's <laughs> with uh with Aguilar. Like I had a couple Aguilar jokes a couple weeks ago on the pod, but literally Nick Foles targeted <laughs> Nelson. I mean Aguilar every play, bro. Like every play, like he force fed Aguilar, bro. It might tr- it might change now that uh that uh Wentz back though. <laughs> I got a couple shares in Alshon. I don't know why he's so high on that guy. Cause he's twenty points when he's healthy. He's a guaranteed twenty points a game. I wouldn't say a guaranteed. <laughs> he's a guaranteed fifteen to twenty points a game. Yeah, right. He's a guarantee. All right, so he's, 10 and a half. Right, let's talk about it then. So, fifteen points from your wide receiver one is not good stats. So he acting like that's not good numbers. That's. That's what you want. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't value Alshon as much as you value him. Man, Alshon, man, yeah, man. Let's look at Alshon's stats. Yeah, man. we yeah. have to pull up. Alshon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alshon. Alshon is good when he's playing. He did good in the Super Bowl. Thank you. That's all I said. Thing, the best ability. Right. Alshon has forever had injury nags in his career. 
I don't love nothing, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, don't out me out. At least see how you trying to do me on the podcast. Oh, okay. Let's talk about Jordan Reed. Mister, I took Jordan Reed two years in a row, and now you trying to act like Jordan Reed, like you didn't, like you wasn't big on Jordan Reed. I didn't take him. Not this year, but you would. I never took Jordan Reed. What? We can look at the history. Bro. So those ain't love Jordan Reed. He was the first one on Jordan Reed. I think I, I can't remember. I know I had Jordan Reed one season. I did. Man, Lowe's had him. Man, Lowe's had him two seasons. But but just running through it since we talking about Alshon right now, you said every week is a guaranteed fifteen, right? Fifteen to twenty. All right, so we look when at, healthy. So don't we're go, looking at last year. No, let's not look, won, at, look at because th- he was hurt right. last year. He's banged up last year. Oh my god. So let's so look at the, what about the year before we can't, that? We can't look at a player's recent numbers. No, you can't. Because he was okay. banged up last year. Gotcha, gotcha. He's, I know. I'm talking about two years ago. <laughs> gotcha. So that's what we going to always look at when evaluating players. Don't look at what they just produced. Let's look at what they did years bro, ago. Bro, he had a nagging, nagging something injury. I just wanted to show you how inconsistent he was. So 8.8 week one. Then he jumped up to 22 like you like. Then back down to 9.6. Then 11.9, then 6.1. He was banged up last year. Then 5.7. Then two weeks, okay, 16.2, 26.2. Oh, we just going to skim over that? No, I said that, that's good. Okay. And he, he had about four consistent weeks because then he had a bye week and then following that 18.7, 16.2, but then back down to 10.1, then back up to 16, then to 14. That's not bad. Then he missed the game because he wasn't healthy. Then he came back the last week of the season and had 1.8. So, I don't know if it well, follows the exact trend. We're going to see. When he comes back from his injury, he be killing out on and nothing from me. Right. So, who y'all top, who y'all favorite top fantasy performers so far? Uh, I love Tyreek Hill. I, I was able to, I love Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I've been, I was able to get him in the second round, end of the second round. So, I'm very proud of that in two drafts. And he gave me 45 fantasy points in the PPR League week one. Check this out. Second week, no reception in the first half. I'm panicking. He got a zero. I got an egg. Uh, what they call it? Egg. Goose egg. Goose egg. In the first half, I'm like, oh, my God. I need something out of Tyreek. I need something out of my wide receiver one. Boom. He ends week two with 20.2 points in, the, in week two in the PPR League. Five receptions, 90 90 reception yards with one touchdown. Man, he's been amazing so far. He's been my top fantasy performer. He's been my favorite performer so far. I see no reason why he should stop uh, week two. I mean, week one, you you know, he had a punt return for a touchdown. Then he had two yeah. two touchdown receptions. I was surprised. I mean, looking back, I'm surprised I was able to get him in the second round like that, being that he returns kicks and he's the number one targeted wide receiver on the team. So, I mean, that's been mine so far. Uh, so, in, in, in any of leagues, Tyreek Hill, Nation, stand up. Yeah. I guess for me, I'm going to go with a player that's a little bit more under the radar. Of course, I have Alvin Kamara on my team. So, oh. I, that's probably my personal favorite. Who that? Who that? But, I'm going to go a little bit under the radar. A guy that I thought was honestly over the hill that I wasn't looking at drafting at all. And that's d man. Oh, yeah. Leading the oh, league yeah. right Surprise. now in receiving yards. Surprise You're me. looking at week one, him in our PPR league, putting up almost 32 points and then following that up with over 23 points in week two. You're looking at a guy that's going over 125 yards in each of the first two games that he's had, and he's getting into the end zone. So I would say he's probably right now, even though he's not on my team, my favorite fantasy performer because he's a guy that I thought didn't have it anymore and wasn't going to be worth any value, can and I, he's proving t- me wrong. Can I tell a funny story about facing Deshaun Jackson this past week? So I'm chilling on the couch watching the games, right? And, of course, you know, when those when the, when the game first started, there's no points on the board. So, you know, you, you know you're just relaxing, taking your last deep breaths because you yeah. never know what's, what's going to happen. Man, I literally look away from my phone. I look back at my phone, and there's I'm down 17 points. I'm like, bro, how the heck am I down 17 points already? And it's because 15 seconds into the game, Deshaun Jackson, 75-yard touchdown reception from Fitzmagic. I'm like, bro, like, 
I'm like Deshaun, man. He looking like his Eagle days with yeah. when uh, him and him and Mike Vick. When Mike Vick just just drop back three steps and just launch it as far as yeah. he could, and Deshaun to run under it and get it, or, or even Donovan McNabb, you know. So Deshaun Jackson, he must be sipping some of that uh, that fountain of youth, or yeah. he must have found it. But him and Fitz, they really got uh, this this connection. Um, for all my Deshaun Jackson owns, I know that you probably got him in the later rounds if not on the waivers. So I know that you're happy about the and return. They probably didn't even start on week one. <laughs> I saw a couple of my followers on Twitter hit me up and say, I might need to start him. I'm like, you didn't, after the week one he had, you didn't start him? Deshaun Jackson is a must start going forward until he proves different in my book. Yeah. So for all you fantasy owners that own Deshaun Jackson. As long Jackson, as Fitzpatrick is the yeah. quarterback. So if you got, yeah, so uh, Jarvis is hurt. You know, he's not going to play this week, and he has a nagging knee injury. And uh, Jarvis is a very shifty player, so he really depends on his knees a lot. Yeah. If you have Deshaun Jackson on your team, you should be in good hands. Slide him in that starting lineup, you should be good going forward. If you don't have an injured wide receiver, I think that he's worth a, a yeah, start. Yeah, I'll start him. He's putting up wide receiver one numbers. So, there you go. You got anything to add with Deshaun, man? No? Okay. Huh? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I bought I bought a yeah, couple yeah, shares yeah, in Juju. About, you gotta think about how he he he's dominating with his targets. You know, he he had received 19 targets this last game, and that that's crazy with a team with AB. Now I know AB was a little banged up this last past game, but still that's still nuts. And then even his week one performance, he went off. You know, he got he didn't score a touchdown, but he got the yardage. He had a 119 yards off five receptions, you know. That equals right there alone equals close to 17 fantasy points. In week two, 13 catches. 13 catches, you know, yeah, 121 yards a touchdown for 31 fantasy points. Like, you can't, you cannot. This dude, this dude's only 21 years old. Last yeah. year was the youngest player in the NFL. That is nuts to think about how you're dominating at that position at such a young age and you gotta know how to run the routes and how to be in the right place and have the hands and not be scared to go over the middle. At such a young age, you know, you got to take your hat off to Juju Smith, man. Yeah. I, I was impressed mostly that he's able to coexist with Antonio Brown. Everybody knows that Roethlisberger loves to force feed uh, Antonio Brown. But, I mean, Juju still has the attention of Ben. Uh, ben seems to have a rapport with Juju. Yeah. He seems to trust Juju. And Juju, not only that, but Juju is actually performing and is actually earning Roethlisberger's trust. And you know, guys, I say it all the time, you know my rule of thumb. With quarterbacks like Eli, quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, quarterbacks like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, when you gain their trust, and Rodgers, when you gain their trust, they will force feed you. Yeah. Even when you're not open, they're going to throw the ball to you. That's how much they trust you. That's how much. That's how good quarterbacks look at it. They're like, if you're able to catch it, you're able to get me out of these binds, I'm going to feed you. So uh, Juju has that respect. Juju is a must-start right now. Yeah. And uh, I I got him in a 12-team in a league. He's my wide receiver, too. So oh, yeah, that, that just goes to show you that uh, Juju probably flew under the radar for a lot of people, but I'm – I'm actually getting wide receiver one numbers out of Juju as, as my wide receiver two. Yeah. I got Tyreek Hill as my wide receiver one, and Juju is my wide receiver two right now. Yeah, nah, that's nice. That's definitely a nice combo right there, bro. Yeah, so, you know, nice combo. I like, I like Juju a lot, Lowe says, a top fantasy performance. So, who's been disappointing fantasy performers for, for, for a lot? Lowe's, I, I know you got one in the tuck. Johnson um, out as a wide out, you know, he's a former receiver, 
you know, put them out there and put them in place and motion, jet sweep, do some creative things. Right now they're just lining up, you know, with Sam Bradford under the center and handing it off and think that's going to work. That's not going to work, man. you got to be creative, especially after a few weeks and teams are keying in on what you're doing. You know, if it didn't work the first couple weeks against teams that don't know what to expect, then it's going to get worse from here. That's my opinion, you know. Um, so hopefully they can change it up and move forward with David Johnson. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, bro. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing with David. Hopefully, they figure it out pretty soon. But it's not much out. It's not much in that offense outside of him. I mean, they got rid of John Brown, uh, their speedy receiver. Of course, he's with uh, I think Baltimore now. Yeah, uh, he's with Baltimore. He's lighting up out there too. Yeah, so I mean, they they got rid of a couple pieces out there, and they, they no longer, you know, all they got is outside of Larry Fitz and and um. And David Johnson, I mean, that offense is pretty much, you know, stagnant, you know. Uh, I agree. My, my disappointment would have to be LaShawn McCoy. We spoke, touched on him earlier for obvious reasons. I bought a couple shares out of him because he had a great year last year despite uh, despite him being on a poor team. He's on a poor team again this year. And, you know, he's been very disappointing to me, man. He got cracked ribs now, so we know that that lingering injury, I don't know what it is. It's just not looking good. Um so, uh, I mean, that's mine. I mean, I don't think we touched I, on it earlier. So. Yeah, I would say for me, this one is kind of an in-between, but a little bit of a disappointment for me. Um, he's a rookie, but I would say Royce Freeman, and it's partially because of that carry share that's there now. Yeah. We didn't know that Lindsey was going to blow up the way that he's been blowing up, and it's looking like Royce Freeman is taking a little bit of a back seat there. I mean, he got saved. He did score a touchdown this past week, and we know that's the most valuable thing in fantasy. But outside of that, I mean, you're looking at 28 yards. So he was really dependent on that score this week. Um, so I would say he may be kind of a disappointment for me because he's looked at as a guy that's, you know, supposed to be a RB2 slash, you know, maybe a flex play. But he was looked at as a guy that, you would be able to depend on, and now with that carry share there, I'm not 100% sure about one, that. One note before we move on. I would have to give a big shout-out to uh, Amari Cooper, man. Like, he, he, I mean, this, of course, we got to pay attention to week three now. So, Amari Cooper, you know, he's been inconsistent, you know, this past year, and, you know, he, he blew up when he first came in the league, and then he was instant inconsistent. And now, you know, the first week, you know, he played a tough Rams defense where he only had one catch. But this last week against Denver, you know, and I end up, what's disappointing is, I end up benching. I was like, all right, I'm benching him until he can get back and show me he can do something. And, of course, he catches all 10 of his targets this week, all 10 of them for 116 yards and, you know, dropped 21 points in the PPR league. So now I'm like, okay, you know, do I sit and wait? You know, I'm in this dilemma now. It's like, is he going to be inconsistent because they're going up against Miami this week? And so I'm like, you know, okay, he may be worth putting him in mind. But if he burn me again, he's going to be on the bench forever. I ain't going to drop him. <laughs> <laughs> you can trade him to me, bro. I was about to say, you might as well trade him. You can trade him to me, bro. Nah, nah, I'll hold on to him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, um, that, uh, that, those are some interesting points. Uh, I wanted to kind of transition to some top performers in the league. Because uh, we, we didn't really mention uh, Michael Thomas. <laughs> oh, you just want, you had to throw it in. <laughs> he got 269 receiving yards through uh, two weeks, which is pretty impressive. And he has the most receptions, uh, I think, in two weeks, right, in NFL history? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean. Is it, like, 30 receptions? Yeah, he's on pace to get, like, 200 receptions. And shit. It's like a <laughs> half. But, I mean, he, he is in the running of uh, of knocking off, um, who was that? Who was that? Mar- is it Marvin Harrison? Yeah, Marvin Harrison. Who had the, uh, the he on, had the most. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but he had, uh, yeah, Marvin Harrison has the most receptions in a season in NFL history. And Michael Thomas is very well on pace for that. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, 140 receptions, that's a lot of receptions. You know, you got to think, A.B., A.B., you know, he ta- he'll tally yeah. about 120, well, yeah. 110 to 120. Yeah, I guess we'll see, too. Like, I think he's going to stay on a really good pace, but I think the numbers will dip some once Mark Ingram comes back into the offense and they'll kind of get into kind of the flow that they had last year where they were a little bit more dependent on the run. So Yeah, I, I, would, I would say more Meredith. I think Meredith, once he, once he gets healthy, once he gets in the swing of things, because he's another – he's a big receiver. He's 6'3 as well. 
So I mean, I think that that'll take away because he's our only he's our he's our only big receiver because we got rid of Brandon Coleman. So I think that you know, with that being said, but I mean, like I was mentioning earlier, when a, when a, when a great quarterback finds their target, they're gonna force feed him. And he force feeds Michael Thomas like yep. literally every play goes to him. So I know that you you own Michael Thomas, right? Two years in a row, not not this year. Oh, not I know you year. wish you did. Uh, yeah, I wish I would. Because I mean, he he's killing it, but. You know, again, but who would, who would, you know, just to look at the numbers, though, uh, seriously, uh, would you ever would have thought Deshaun Jackson would be no. leading the league in, re- in receiving yards no, this, no through two weeks? No, that. That's why, I mean, that's why he wasn't on my fantasy team because I thought, I honestly thought D-Jax was pretty much done. Like, I thought his days of being yeah. that deep threat were kind of done, and that's been pretty much a lot of what he's capitalized on in his career. So, that's very shocking to see him leading the league. He, he looks the best years. he's looked in, in years to yeah. me. Like he looks like legitimately healthy this year, you know, and he killing it. I'm, I'm, you think Jameis will utilize him, like, cause Jameis will go to Mike Evans a lot. But I, I mean, Fitz is kind of like come from that era, that old school era, like when you got that speedster, just throw it out there and let him get it. So I mean, do you think it? Do you think it'll dip once Jameis get back, or if they let Jameis get back? And that's the question I wanted to pose to y'all. I wanted to ask y'all: Do y'all think once? Uh, Jameis comes back from the suspension. How do you handle the Ryan, the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation? Like, I think you gotta keep keep him keep 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 with the high hand. I'm sorry, Jameis. Like you gotta. I mean, they and Jameis not Jameis hadn't got paid yet, right? Has he got paid? Oh, he on his fifth year. I, I, I thought he Lose. might have. Jameis got paid. No, uh, no, he he hasn't got paid. Exactly, yet. he on his fifth year. He on his fifth year of this contract. So. You know, I mean, you really don't have to worry about money because he's on his rookie cut. Look that up. Look yeah. that up. I feel like I don't know if I feel like he got paid or not. Yeah, I'm. I'm no, I think they picked, They may have picked up his fifth year, but I don't think he's he hasn't reached his extension yet. They haven't extended right. him yet. Yeah, yeah they picked up, his, they fifth picked up his fifth year. Yeah. Um. But like I said, you know, I mean, he, shoot. I, I mean, I I don't see how you take Fitzpatrick you're two and zero. Oh, Nobody expected the Bucks to be this good or get out to this type of story. They beat two quality teams, the Saints yeah. and the Eagles. And the Eagles right. So, I mean, I, I mean, just, I don't see how you can. Listen to these numbers from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's leading the league with 819 passing yards through yeah. two weeks. Yeah. That's ridiculous. He's completing 78.7% of his passes. Ridiculous. That's man. ridiculous. That's crazy. Eight touchdowns, one interception. So, he's protecting the ball. He's throwing touchdowns. His completion percentage is, I think, second in the league. I think the only one that's ahead of him is actually your boy, Drew Brees, um, at 819 yards, like I said. So how do you say, okay, now Jameis Winston is back, you know, just go sit on the bench, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't see how you do that no, you can't. at all. You can't. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, I, it's not a controversy to me. The only thing, the, the media is going to try to make it one, but it's not one. I mean, you got to go with the high hand. Quarterback is an important position. Um, unfortunately, Jameis can't get over that that hump that you know those issues that he that he keeps finding himself in. You know, uh, there's two sides to every story, but uh, I'll just speak on this end that you know it, it, it seems like he always finds himself in a position to where you know he's suspended or where he's in some type of trouble. You know, when he gets over that hump, I think he's going to develop to be a great franchise quarterback. But until then, you'll have situations like this. So, I think that you just like you say, you can't pull fits at this point in the season. So, yeah, when, when your receiver comes out and your weapons come out and say, yeah, you got to keep the hot end. And Deshaun Jackson, of course, he's saying that when he's leaving the league. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Said that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, when the team is almost behind him, you can't make that move. You know what I'm saying? You can't. Until Jamin, I mean, until Fitzpatrick, you know, maybe lose a, a couple games, then you consider that move. But right now, you put yourself in that situation. You put yourself in that situation and leave yourself open. When you get suspended and somebody else come and perform and do the job well, the name of the game is winning. Right now, Fitzpatrick is winning. So you can't pull winning out right now and put in somebody that's been suspended. What kind of look does that give your team? And you know what I'm saying? What kind of, what would that do to that locker room? So you gotta keep Fitzpatrick in. It's not like you said. It's not. It's not even up to, for debate right now. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's very, very early. We're only two weeks in. Right. So I mean, I, I just want our listeners to know that we we only two weeks yeah. in. We only can talk about what has what has happened. So that's what we're doing. We're discussing right now. Matt Breida is leading the league. 
With that being said, Matt Brett, what is his name, Brietta? Yeah. Uh, please, we're not trying to screw up your name, so I apologize if I'm screwing it up. But I'm going to go with Brietta. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's leading the league in rushing with 184 yards through two weeks. So, <laughs> I'm going to say that on that. Yeah. that. That's one thing that I don't think. Lindsey is 178 yards. Yeah. He's third in rushing yeah. and uh, mixing him with 179 yards. I don't know. I don't feel like discussing it. It's, nah. only, it's, it's too early. Right. And the heavy hitters in that are going to end up rising to the top. So let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, man. How great has he been? Most touchdowns through two weeks since 2013 since Peyton, the great Peyton Manning, future Hall of Famer Peyton Manning. I think this kid's for real. Yeah. No, I definitely think he's for real. I mean, that the 10 touchdowns or whatever, how many yeah, has the most in yeah. league history, actually. Yeah. The first. So it's. He's on a, a crazy pace, and right now you look at the weapons he has around him. And then the and, mastermind Andy yeah, Reid. So you too. got Andy Reid who has at his disposal Tyreek Hill, who may be the arguably a top two or three explosive player in the league. Just he's the he's the fastest. Work. Right, he's the fastest NFL player right. in the league. And so then you look at two, you having Sammy Watkins as a weapon. You still got Travis Kelsey over there, and I haven't even mentioned Kareem Hunt yet. Yeah. you still got other guys in that backfield too. So it's like. I don't know, he just got all those weapons, and, and you can see it even from his time at Texas Tech that he always had the natural tools. Arm talent. Like he had yeah. the arm talent even from that time, and now he's just able to get it out to so many good weapons. So I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. I liked him when he came out of, out of Texas Tech. And, you know, LA, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, not LSU. Saints, we've been looking for that, 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 that uh, hair to – uh, Drew Brees in that particular year, two years ago, in that draft, we had the opportunity to snag Patrick Mahomes. And I wanted him very, very badly for the reasons of this year. But I'm a fan of him. And he, I think. He went to pick right before y'all, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I thought, I think yeah. y'all were going to probably try to Yeah, snag we were probably going to snag him. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But, you know, I think he fell to the perfect situation. He was able to sit a year behind Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is unselfish. And actually took him in. I read, you know, what Alex Smith didn't, you know, Andy Reid even said it, didn't, you know, shy away from taking the young kid on his wing and showing him the ropes and everything. And it, and it shows. Yeah. So, you know, he's ready. It's his time. I don't feel like at this pace he's going to be throwing four touchdowns a game. No. But I think that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. And I think that, you know, him and Tyreek Hill have a special connection uh, I think I read somewhat too where him and he has been working with each other during yeah. the offseason. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it's showing. So, I mean, you know, it, he's for real. If you don't believe in Patrick Mahomes and you, you're in need of a quarterback, uh, I mean, yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes would be a good one. Yeah, one. One thing I was thinking about, this is kind of maybe a little bit off topic, but I think uh, when you frame quarterback, receiver, uh, running back trios, like what do you think? When you put Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, what do you think that ranks among the league? You think about those trios that you got out there. I know Lowe's going to throw his rounds in there, you yeah. know, with golf, you know, Gurley. Now with Cooks. Uh, having Cooks out there. Yeah. You look at your Saints. Yeah, Kamara, Breeze, Michael Thomas. You think I... I think it kind of ranks up there, probably in that top five tier among those. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a running back. Tom Brady doesn't have a running back. Uh, yeah. What you saying, Los? No, I was going to say the difference between those those matchups is and what a different aspect that, you know, Pat Mahomes bring, Pat Mahomes bring is uh, his feet. He can run it. Those like, you know, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, they're not known for running. So, you know, that adds a different element. That's what makes those weapons even more dangerous, you know, when you especially run read options and you run these little shovel passes and stuff like that, that keeps defense guessing. So yeah. that's the, the one element Pat Holmes and his weapons have is his feet. You know, he can he can take it down and he can take off running, you know. So yeah. that's that, that's what I would give him in a fantasy-wise. You know, I would say he, he has the upper hand, you know. Probably real life, you know, I want the pocket pass or the safer you know, uh, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So we, we we skimped over. We talked about LaShawn McCoy. And we talked about the Bills, and we skipped over Devontae Davis. Retiring at halftime, oh, bro. Devontae, my boy Devontae. Yeah, he former Colts, man. Which I, y'all done corrupted <laughs> this man, bro. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, the store, this murder man say, not again. Bro, you thought know, you need somebody to time. Like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. You, it's no way you can make sense out of it, bro. Like, from a professional aspect... Or from the athlete, from a teammate aspect, like I would have respected him more if he would have been like, Coach, I don't want to go back in. <laughs> and at the end of the game, at the press conference, he'd say, I'm done. I would have respected him a little more, but halftime? Bro, he was literally like that little peace meme or gif or whatever that you see <laughs> where the guy just vanishes and fades into the dust, bro. That's literally what he did his team. Like, all right, I just, I can't be out here no more. I'm just going to get out of here, and that's it for me. <laughs> or, or like the uh, LeBron James. Uh, gift when he get up and pack the stuff and walk out the press conference. Yeah. That's kind of how I picture him leaving at halftime. Like, all right, I can't do this. I'm too old for this. We losing. I'm out. Yeah, the See? bills are trash, but yeah, leave, bro. Like you, you can't, man. But we all agree that you can't do that as a as a as a professional. Like you can't just walk off your job. Like that's like walking up your job. Like and then your teammates, like you done been through the trenches off all off season. You just let your brothers <laughs> down like that. Like. That's like me leaving the pod right now. Right. While we're coming, like I'm done. I quit. I don't want to record this anymore. Y'all gonna look at me like what? Hey, bro, I ain't gonna lie. This morning when I got up, I was like, you know, I still like Vontae Davis. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like doing it. Like, I was like, I hope he made a decision. I hope he stick to that because no NFL <laughs> team is going to pick him up after that. Right. And the Bills probably going to tax him for that. Right. That's what I'm saying. How does that game paycheck work? Do you get half a check or do you not get anything? Uh, he must not have no type of clause in his contract <laughs> about quitting at halftime. It's probably one of them situations that they, you know, them new situations that come up. They, they, hey, we need to put a clause right. in the contracts <laughs> now that if you leave at halftime, there will be some implications. But we collectively agree that that's not the way to go about things. But Vontae Davis, I don't know, man. What's wrong with him, bro? <laughs> He's a former coach, so I'm, I'm really burning you right now. Hey, bro. Chill out, bro. I'm really hey, good. He, he would have never left us like that, bro. He, man, he should have. He time. should have because y'all been trash for quite some time. But that's neither here nor there. Hey, we straight, bro. Don't oh, y'all straight to yeah. shit. <laughs> y'all got the luck, man, back. So, um... Uh, Transitioning, so what matchups y'all looking forward to this weekend? NFL matchups. I'm looking at the, the Battle of LA, you know, not to just shout out my team, but the Battle of LA, man, you think about it, you got two two of the running backs that have been drafted in the same draft, you know, with Katai Gurley going number 10, you know, and that year, you know, Gurley was, you know, the, the comeback of the running back getting drafted in the first round. Um, so, you know, you got the Melvin Gordon and you know, Ty Gurley going up against each other. You know, you got the, the Battle of L.A., two L.A. teams that's going to have the new stadium. You know, you got really who's going to take over this city, you know. And I think right now, of course, the Rams have the upper hand because they've been a team that's are, that's been there previously before. But, you know, it will, I would say if the Chargers come in there and they beat the Rams, you know, it can it can shift quickly, especially if the, the Chargers go on a run and, you know, they're the better, end up being a better team or go further in the playoffs. You know that could be that could be something that you know sway fans to start you know showing up to their games and you know and you know ultimately switch it kind of like the Lakers Clippers in LA you know type of thing where it's gonna always be a Lakers town. The Rams right now are trying to make a stamp to where it's gonna always be a Ram town and they you know try the Clippers you know make the Clippers kind of make the Chargers like the Clippers there. Yeah, I, I would say for me, you know, because I'm not gonna take the matchup, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna talk about Rob. I don't want to steal your shine like that. So for me, the, the the matchup that I think is interesting is really the Giants versus the Texans. And the reason why I say that is because you're looking at two teams that came in to me with some expectations of we can make a run at this, we can make a run at getting into the playoffs, have a solid season. The Texans came in really with the, the worst strength of schedule, you know, in the league. So they expected, okay, we can get off to a nice little start. You know, the Giants were infused with Saquon coming in. They get Odell back, you know, from his injury last year. And now you look at two teams that are sitting there at 0-2 with a lot of question marks at this point. Nobody really expected even the Giants to drop that game to, you know, the Cowboys that they just faced. And so um, you're looking at two teams that have some expectations, haven't really lived up to it within the first two weeks. Both of them really looking to get that win to try to get themselves started off on the right foot. And so I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. 
Um, and so that's, that's an interesting choice, doing. bro. That yeah. was really different. I, I really like that. I really like that. Uh, so I and I might actually be privileged of actually being there to watch that game in person. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, I was gonna be, be interested. Yeah. yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes. Um, Come on, bro, you got an obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna surprise you. The matchup that I'm looking forward to most is the Steelers and the and the Buccaneers. Oh, I would have took you. I would have took the yeah. other matchup. I love that. Yeah, uh, I, I choose the Steelers and the Buccaneers. Uh, quite frankly, because it is uh, the Buccaneers are off to a fast, hot start. Nobody expected them to be this good. And Steelers, nobody expected them to be this bad. Yeah. And they have a lot of issues with Antonio Brown not showing up to practice on Monday. Uh, and, you know, nobody expects them to be winless at this point, especially against the Browns. They tied with the Browns. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to tread carefully there because my Saints barely squeaked by the Browns. Yeah. But, um, you know, just that matchup is going to really tell us what type of team the Bucks are and it's going to tell us what type of team the Steelers. Because the Steelers have an opportunity to, to put a win in that win column, maybe pick up that team morale. The Buccaneers have a chance to get out to that 3-0 and start. Yeah. And get off to that hot start, you know, without Jameis Winston yeah. in there, which we probably no, agree he's not coming yeah. back. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see what type of team are they, you know? Yeah, like you said, no one would have expected that. I mean, we talked yeah. even before the season. Honestly, I thought the Bucks were going to get off to just a really bad start. I thought that they were going yeah, 0-3 without me Jameis, too. to be honest. And you look at even that matchup, it's crazy, but it almost seems like it doesn't bode well for the Steelers because you're looking at – the Bucks having a top, what, two or three passing offense right now in the league. And the Steelers, if you look at their defensive numbers, they are towards the bottom of the league. You're looking at 28th, 29th, all that across the board. Yeah, that defense is that terrible. That defense has been terrible. So that's that could be a tough matchup for them. So that's actually, that is really interesting. Very yeah, interesting. so I'm going to be watching now. I'm, I'm trying to see. And the Bucks are kind of scaring me now because they're in, my, in our division. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we did some. We did a lot of NFL talk. Fifty minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is once we start running. Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that matchup is done. Oh, that's Allen. That's Allen right there, man. Allen, what's up? Yo, yo, you on you on the podcast, bro? Yeah, this dude. What's going on, bro? <laughs> what you say? Yo, yeah, yeah, definitely, dog, definitely, definitely, man. I told him to check out your uh, your new project, Flowers. That's out. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, bro. Hey, man, let me, let me, but let me hit you back, man. You want to say something to the people, though? Oh, well, I'm, wait, I'm on the podcast right now. Yeah, I told you that. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. We'll edit it out, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. But but I'm gonna hit you back when uh when we done. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, that's Alan Lenz, man. That's who's on the intro song. Make sure y'all check out his project on uh Apple Music, Google Play, all of that. But yeah, what was that? College football. I guess we can transition. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't have much time, but I mean we. You go ahead, Ramon. What are you looking forward to this weekend? I mean, I, I'm gonna keep it pretty, pretty short and brief, man. The the matchup that I'm mainly looking towards to, uh, forward to this weekend is really that Texas A&M and Bama matchup. Yeah. Um, I think that matchup is always interesting, pretty much each and every year that they have it. But you're looking at, you're looking at an Alabama team that looks probably the best that I've seen them. Maybe ever look scary, man. Like they, they got are, a quarterback, man. That's that's the thing about them that's totally different. Like they've always had every other position locked up outside of kicker. Well, we don't yeah. mention kicker, <laughs> but it's been you know normally at the quarterback position they kind of have a game manager there or a guy that's you know pretty good. But Tua is actually elite. Like Tua to me can be a first round talent. You know as far as like NFL pick, I think he could be a first round type talent. Such an accurate quarterback can pretty much do anything on the field, and so um, they look really tough. But Texas A&M is normally a pretty difficult matchup for them. I mean, you look at last year; it was a 27 to 19 game. Um, you look at this year now, Jimbo Fisher being over there at A&M. You know, he's 
Cavs, those boys looking pretty good. I mean, the, the Clemson game, they could have won that. They faced them in week two. You're looking at a 28, I think, 26 loss that they had, but they were right there. Yeah, they were. Um, Jimbo is pretty much doing the same thing, being a quarterback whisperer. You're looking at Kellen Munn that kind of struggled last year as a freshman, and now numbers across the board are looking so much better. Um, and he presents the one thing that Bama typically struggles with, which is a dual threat quarterback. And Jimbo say he'll go vegan if they actually win. So. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I don't think he's going to end up having to go vegan, honestly, because Bama just looks like they in a another world, another class from everybody else, honestly. Um, I'm not looking forward to them coming to Baton Rouge. No, I'm not. The only thing that I can take from that that we can take is that we do have them here. And so that's like the best thing. Of course, I mean, we do see LSU has been outperforming. Yeah, defense solid. Yeah, oh, defense is off the charts. Grant Delpit is a stud. Yes. First round pick when he's eligible. We always got out. a first round safety, whether yeah. it's Jamal Adams, whether it's Tyron Matthew. We yeah, got, I mean, Eric that, Reed went in the first round. Eric Reed. We just, you know, we got that, that position on lock. Yeah, and then you look at you having the best corner in the nation, and Greedy, come on, Greedy Williams is the best corner you in the nation. You think so? Yeah, I mean, you look at even the way that Mel Kuyper evaluates right now. Um, he has two LSU Tigers in his top six picks. Got Greedy sitting at number six and Devin White. Like I told you about that. Oh, boy, Devin White is a dog. Devin, Devin White, White nice. is, a, is a monster. So How um, did this conversation shift to an LSU conversation? I mean, you know we're going to always have that, that bias there yeah. as, as, uh, as Tigers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, it's so been interesting. Make, listeners, make sure you check out that A&M Alabama game. That's on ESPN. Nah, I, I think that's on CBS at 2.30. CBS? I think it's a... Oh, it's an early game? I thought yeah. it was a night game. I, I want to say that's a 2.30 game. I'm like pretty sure it's a 2.30. Let's let you want to bet? No? What you got? Oh, it is CBS 2.30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, CBS 2.30. Yeah, so you can catch that. If you're looking for a game that's at night, I wouldn't say to me that this is the most intriguing thing, but it's probably the best thing you're going to find at night which is going to be the Stanford versus Oregon game. Um, you're looking at Stanford, number seven ranked team. Oregon's undefeated at this point, number 20 ranked team. Oregon has a good run defense. Stanford has Bryce Love over there, who's oh, arguably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like watching Bryce. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking for something to watch, um, you know, as a later game this week, I would suggest that one. But this week isn't really, to me, too many big Yeah, it's not that. It's not that um, many bad, bad. I mean, Florida Atlantic and UCS could be interesting. I mean, cause I mean, cause uh, <laughs> you talking about Lane Kiffin? Yeah, Lane Kiffin over there. So, yeah. but I thought Lane Kiffin was gonna make that uh, that uh, I thought he was gonna make that uh, that Oklahoma game interesting. Yeah, nah. And they blew. They got blown out the water. They lost the Air Force. <laughs> they beat Boston. I know they. I mean, Bethune Cookman. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he really not. I don't know. I thought he was gonna do something with that program, but maybe let's give him a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, last year they had a pretty solid season. It's just the fact that when you go up in competition, I mean, when you playing uh, in Oklahoma or a team like that, like they really just they don't have the talent to match up with that, and they never will at a program like Florida Atlantic. He pretty much took that to me as a job as kind of like a stepping stone to get back into being a head coach and hopefully catapult him into one of those bigger jobs coming up. So, Yeah. Yeah, so um, NBA talk real quick. Jimmy Butler demanded a trade. Is there a surprise there? Not to me. To me it is. I think it's a surprise it just because, you know, you got his former coach and he's bringing in all these former players that used to play for him at the Bulls. So to think, you, you have to think that, you know, it's something going on there, you know. Either it's him and, you know, Carl Anthony Towns not really getting along. But you can clearly see from Jimmy Butler's, you know, his, his, his situation where he, his, his teams that he requested, you know, he wants to go somewhere and meet a man. You know what I'm saying? When you request the Knicks, the Nets, and the Clippers, these teams right now aren't close to the championships. He wants to go to a place where he can build and have players build around him. He wants to be the man. Right now, he can't be the man with the Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns right there, obviously the cornerstone. Yeah, I, I think a big part of it too is that he wants to get to a big market. I mean, you look at Nets, Knicks, uh, Clippers, 
You're looking at New York, which is the biggest market, LA, the second biggest market. So I think he wants to be the big fish in a big pond as opposed to being a big fish in a smaller pond, essentially. Um, and so I, I think that that has a lot to do with it, but I'm really not shocked because I mean, that they, they did say that there were some issues in that locker room last year. You look at, even from that, once the, the tweet was put out by Shams and Woj and all those guys, Andrew Wiggins' brother, like, retweeted it in comment that pretty much how excited he was that this was happening, that this was going down. So pretty much there's some bad dynamics right now in that locker room. And honestly, I'm not completely shocked because even in Jimmy's last few years or year or two in Chicago, there were some issues in that locker room. He got along really well with, of course, Wade being there. But outside of that, you know, that's when he and Rondo were butting heads because Rondo didn't like how Jimmy was treating the young guys and dealing with the young guys. And now he's in Minnesota with young guys and having issues again. Yeah, that's why I said it was no surprise to me because, I mean, you heard the rumors even dating back to last season. And, they, you know, how it got slipped out that uh, Jimmy wasn't too appreciative how the young guys handled losses. That they it didn't seem like losses affected them. Or it didn't seem like they were mature enough to handle those losses and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't take it serious enough. So, I mean, now that he's fast forward to now, he's demanding a trade. It's no surprise. Um, I find it odd that he would leave, which, which gives me more evidence that he's not happy with the team around him because I find it odd that he would leave a talented team, loaded team like Minnesota with Cat Andrew Wiggins and himself, you know, um, <clears throat> that he would leave a team like that to go to a team that is probably a little less talented than that. So I mean, it, it does says a lot. I don't. I don't think that he he too much gets along with his teammates. But I think what you have to look at as well is that I think partially in Jimmy's mind, unless he ends up with the Knicks, I can't see how this could work. But potentially the Nets and also the Clippers got to move salary around, but could work out a way to have two max salary spots. So that would mean if they trade for Jimmy right now and plug Jimmy in, they could potentially go, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, go get his friend Kyrie. We know Kyrie is a wild card. Just because he's in Boston right now doesn't yeah. mean he's there to stay. Those rumors are, are getting yeah, those are Yeah, those are legit. Him and Kyrie are really good friends. And so you can see a situation where what if Kyrie and Jimmy end up on the Nets together or end up on the Clippers together. Not saying that this would happen, but there's a potential or a possibility for that to be out there. Again, it's following that trend that the NBA is going, is that NBA players are feeling like they need a, a big star or two to, to, to be able to compete with these Warriors. You know, so, you know, I think, I mean, I think that, so right now, I'll put you on the spot. Where do you think he ends up? Clippers. What do you say, Ramon? Yeah, I would say he ends up with the. I'll say he ends up with the Nets. The Nets? Yeah, I'm gonna go wild card. I say Knicks. So we all gonna go different. Yeah, I think I think the Knicks. Uh, I think that some kind of way they find a way to get Kyrie and uh, Jimmy in the, at the Knicks. With the Knicks. It's gonna be it, it's gonna be tough salary wise for them to make that work unless. Let's pause Zingas not yeah. there no more. Or they get rid of their whole team. Yes, it, it, it'll be tough for, for them to totally make it work. One thing that was said by the Knicks, I think it was by their GM, was that he's kind of going along the lines of if we could get this player in our minds in free agency, we're not going to deal for them. We're not going to give up assets. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of great assets the Knicks really have, you know, other than Porzingis, but. He's basically saying, you know, we're not going to give up assets to go get a player that we feel that we can sign in free agency. So, Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, not many NBA headlines, really. I mean, that's the only one. And the season yeah. starts, what, October 16th? Yeah, yeah, so training cramp. Wow, started, really. the season starts less than a month from today. Yeah, preseason in nine days. Yeah. Wow, I can't wait to see LeBron in that in that Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought I I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. I, what did I just say, guys? But yeah, I can't wait to see LeBron and and, and hopefully uh ball gets itself together. I don't think he's gonna be ready for the season. What you think? 
I think they said that he will be ready for the season. That's what they say. But but the only thing is, I don't know. At first, I said he was going to unquestionably be the starter. Even when Rondo came, people were like, oh, Rondo going to take the job. But now, I think you may see a situation where even to start off the season, Lonzo may come off the bench because Rondo is going to be getting all the reps in training camp, a lot of them in preseason. You know, Lonzo right now is only doing one-on-one action right now. He hasn't been released to do five-on-five yet, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, I think we just about covered everything again. Uh, Shout-out to Allen again for giving us the intro song. Again, if you dig in the intro song, go check out his other music. Uh, right now, he has a new album out right now called Flowers, which you can find on Google Play and Apple Music or anywhere else where you can find music. So make sure that you check him out. Follow him on Instagram. I think it's Alan Lands on Instagram or whatever. So shout out to him for doing that for us, man. So we really digging that intro song. So make sure you check him out. Uh, shout out to the listeners out there. And make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. We got a lot of new con, fresh new content coming out um, within the next week. So make sure that you are keeping up with that. Uh, as well as if you're a fantasy player, you definitely want to keep your eyes on our uh, page for fantasy content. Uh, Carlos is going to release another Benchwarmers and uh, his start and sit article pretty soon. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And I think that's it. Make sure that you subscribe as well. On our uh, on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you listen to this at. And if you're digging us, make sure that you're sharing this pod with your other sports lovers. After that, we out. Yes, sir. Peace.